Welcome to the 443rd episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in southwest humid, humid, humid Florida. I guess every place is hot in the United States, but we're seeing some pretty humid conditions. High 80s in the mornings, um, high 90s, mid to high 90s in the afternoon. Um, but still get my workouts in, still get my runs in. Um, just getting up a little bit earlier to get more of the darkness uh, before the sun starts to come up and kind of heat things up. So uh, the new German Shepherd 3.0 is doing well. He's up to about four miles. We have less stops. We're making better time. Um, then I bring 3.0 back and finish up with a couple more miles. So uh, recovery from the Silver Rush 50 is over, and it's time to start building the mileage back up for the upcoming fall races, 100K in October, a swim run in November, and then the big old 100-miler in January. So it's all exciting. Um, we are headed out to Leadville next week to participate in, well, to volunteer for the 100-mile race uh, earn some brownie points for the upcoming lottery. We're going to do some um, bag stuffing and then head on out to um, the day of the race on out to Hope Pass, up to hike up to Hope Pass. That's about a, I don't know, six-mile hike um, and observe the terrain. Uh, it's one of the hardest um, climbs of the 100-mile race, so we'll get to see that both in the daylight and the dark. Uh, we get to see the people and how they look and what they do and hopefully gain a little insight for our future, live and learn, so to speak. See one, do one, teach one, maybe. Who knows? But um, so we're looking forward to getting back to Leadville. We just finished Camp Mom Mom. Um, in case you don't know what Camp Mom Mom is, and if you want to sign up, well, you can't because it's a private Camp Mom Mom. Every year when Nathan goes off to University of Houston football camp, Addie and Caleb um, come in for Camp Mom Mom. In the past, we've driven it with a couple dogs, or a dog. Um, but this year, Addie flew in um, with Caleb, and we celebrated Camp Mom Mom. And we've been very, very busy. Uh, we went uh, on an airboat ride through the Peace River tributaries to look for alligators, and we saw a lot of alligators, baby ones, big ones, all kinds of alligators. Uh, the airboat ride was pretty cool. Went over sand, some sand uh, areas. Didn't know they could do that. Um, so that was a little surprise for us. Uh, we went to Moat Marine, which is up in Sarasota, which is a, um, um, a um, they do both educational and research on marine animals. And we got to see the Giant manatees weighing 1,500 pounds living on romaine lettuce. Yes, you can weigh 1,500 pounds if you only eat lettuce. So um, calories are calories. They do count. We also saw otters play and some sharks and sea turtles. And so that was a whole lot of fun. So we came back and got in Mom Mom's endless pool, turned on the current and pretended like we were sea otters. Uh, we dove uh, for sharks like the scuba divers would, jumping out of the little raft, and uh, had, a, had a great time in the endless pool. Um, that's a current pool that I have that I've actually trained for triathlons in uh, when open water was not available. And we also did a beach day. Um, no sharks or dolphins there, but had fun playing in the sand up at uh, Boca Grande Beach. So 
Um, always a fun time at Camp Mom Mom, especially when Caleb comes to town and Addie. So we had a great time. Um, part of Camp Mom Mom is celebrating Mom Mom's birthday. So um, Addie did bake me a chocolate cake. Everybody knows me, knows I really like chocolate cake, but you can make them healthy style. And we shared over a couple days uh, the cake. So uh, not too much cake head by all, but uh, enough that we all got our chocolate fill. Other things that we had with the three-year-old uh, would include uh, zucchini and cauliflower and tofu, white beans, pinto beans, bok choy, green cabbage, mushrooms, sauerkraut, red and green peppers, yellow peppers, kale, rice, a little bit of pasta one night, sourdough bread made in mom mom's kitchen, and oatmeal. So, yes, you can eat healthy with a three-year-old. There were no kids' meals. They were all adult meals that we shared with the kid and um oh, avocado was in there i don't know if i had that in there but um you don't have to make special kids meals um and they shouldn't come out of a box and we love helping families learn to educate their children and help them with textures and there's some things that caleb didn't like at first um now that he's three he actually likes lettuce the texture was kind of funny Sometimes mushrooms are kind of funny. Sometimes blueberries are kind of funny. Sometimes strawberries are better than blueberries. But um, he loves mango. I think I may have left that out uh, as far as the fruit content because we had mangoes, strawberries, blueberries, yellow dragon fruit, cantaloupe, and grapes, and apples while he was gone or while he was there. So um, he loves all fruit. And um, we had a little bit of uh, sugarcane juice. Um, we also, Caleb didn't have any kombucha, but, uh, I had some kombucha and after last week's podcast, if you haven't, uh, heard about the benefits of that and doing, trying some kombucha trials and some members as well, and, uh, also had some fermented mushroom drinks. So all is, all, all was good. And we had a good time, both, um, being very active all day long and, um, at mealtime. I got to tell you that uh, nobody had any trouble sleeping with the days that we had. Despite our added activities, we kept our morning runs in, in strength training workouts, you know. So people say, well, I couldn't do this because I had com company or we went on vacation and we couldn't do this. But um, morning runs and strength training is uh, paramount for us being a healthy family. And so uh, we did that uh, throughout the vacation. There was a recent study looking at um, decreased cancer and cardiovascular mortality associated with aerobic activity and strength training. Traditionally, uh, people are told to do aerobic activity to help decrease cardiovascular disease and, and decrease the recurrence of cancer, and that is true. The question is how much always. Um, there's never been a study showing too much, okay? So forget about getting too much. Most people ask, how much can I have of food, but how little do I have to do of exercise? Uh, and it was quite interesting after looking at some of these studies, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. We have a membership practice, and we're not meeting our goals, and I'm not satisfied with how my membership is doing with, with these goals either, um, so we're going to have a little talk with a lot of people to try to bump up. Hopefully some of the members listen to this podcast and I know they do and they can assess whether they're actually, um, 
up to snuff when it comes to recommendation. But this was a Spanish study looking at um, current guidelines um, and to see whether or not moderate aerobic activity, moderate to vigorous aerobic activity, moderate uh, strength training, um, which is better, what combination, is there a combination? And so they basically compared uh, not doing much to doing one of these act activities. And it was a nationwide cohort study that they looked forward, so it wasn't backwards, they looked forward into the activity of these people. And there were 500,705 adults. The mean age was 46 years of age, 58% were women, and they looked over a 10-year period. And I think it... Uh, it comes. It, it's important to start to define these a little bit. So when you look at moderate aerobic physical activity, the recommendation, 150 minutes to 300 minutes, so two and a half to five hours, and vigorous physical activity, 75 minutes to 150 minutes, which is an hour and 15 to two and a half hours um, per week. That's the two and a half to five hours is also per week. And then strength training sessions, two days a week. So they looked at combinations of this to see which would be the best. And what they found was that um, there was a decrease in mortality if you did at least 75 minutes of moderate physical activity and over 150 minutes of vigorous activity plus strength training the optimal cancer, uh, cancer mortality risk reduction was greater than 300 minutes of moderate physical activity, 0 to 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity, and two moderate strength training sessions a week. And that lowered uh, all, cause can all cause and cancer mortality by 50% there was a three times lower incidence of cardiovascular mortality if you did this amount of exercise. So that would be greater than 300 minutes, which is five hours of moderate physical activity, zero to 75 minutes, so an hour and 15 minutes of vigorous physical activity and two strength training sessions a week. And to lower the risk of all-cause mortality, cardiovascular cancer, at least you had to have some combination of both moderate to vigorous physical activity, vigorous physical activity, and strength training. So you need all three to get the best. So what is these things? You know, people say, I exercise, or I walk, or I do strength training, and, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit lax on the strength training episodes. You know, what is that? Um, when we talk about strength training, we're talking about eight to 10 different exercises with eight to 12 repetitions of those exercises till you get muscular fatigue. So you feel like you can't do much more. Um, so you have to use enough weight that you feel it and you have to do a variety of different exercises. And the idea is to work different body parts so that you kind of cover upper and lower body. Um, there was no discussion of, you know, what day they did what, you know, do you do everything, uh, you know, one day legs, you know, people do legs one day, arms one day, um, doesn't really matter as long as you're getting the eight to 10 different exercises 
each day, eight to 12 reps until your whatever that body part is fatigued that you don't want to do it anymore. And if you haven't felt that fatigue, it's kind of like your arms are heavy and you really don't want to hold them up after you're done. When you first start strength, strength training, even if you've laid off for a week or so, you're going to be sore the next day and muscles are tender to touch, may last a couple days. Um, that gets better the next week, following weeks. It's going to get better each time. Um, not saying to lift to the point where you injure yourself, but it's okay to be sore. When you look at moderate to vigorous aerobic activity, aerobic means using oxygen. So you're actually burning fat when you're doing this and your heart rate is um, not, um, you know, less than 85% of a predicted maximum heart rate, most likely in the range of about 65 to 75%. The moderate to vigorous activity is three to six metabolic equivalent uh, of activity which means, translated, that if you were walking, you need to cover three to four miles per hour. Um, that would be four mets, and that would be considered moderate. Um, other activities would be vacuuming, washing windows, mopping, pushing a power motor, uh, mower, um, biking at 10 to 12 miles per hour, and playing doubles tennis. So that is moderate um, activity, a modern intensity. Vigorous activity, again, we wanted to get about an hour, hour and 15 minutes hike a week, would be hiking up a mountain, uh, jogging six miles per hour, shoveling, um, carrying heavy loads, biking 14 to 16 miles per hour, playing basketball, singles tennis, lap swimming, jumping rope, playing soccer. So those are activities of vigorous physical activity. You know, so when you're, when you're um, six miles per hour, um, that's, you know, uh, most people uh, in my practice are really having trouble getting three miles an hour, uh, which would put them down to moderate. So um, there's, when I looked at um, my practice... <laughs> just roughly, and I have a small membership practice um, that I know everybody, and I know what they do, and when we see them, we talk about their physical activity, and we suggest physical activity, and we, we do running programs for people, we do strength training programs for people, we do membership wellness challenges every month where we send them do this every day, so we talk about it all the time, and, and we have a um, mobility class on Mondays, a yoga class on Wednesday. So we, we have, we talk about this movement practice. Um, and I would say about 28% of my practice gets vigorous activity, uh, enough a week and strength training, uh, is probably even less. So that's in a practice where it is our goal. I have a wellness practice and I'm, and despite my best efforts, I'm probably only getting 28% compliance with what's going on in this study. Some people play pickleball. It's the new rage. You know, when I'm running past this one park, I see people playing pickleball. And so the question is, well, what kind of activity would pickleball be? So there was a study that looked at, and the people that they were involved in this study were actually pickleball players. 53 people, 29 years of age to 73 years of age, 
And they would warm up, either walking or doing a little jogging on the court and hitting some balls. And then they played an hour. Um, and 22 played single. The rest of them played doubles. They looked, they wore an accelerometer. Um, people got about 3,322 steps on average per hour. 80% um, of singles play got moderate aerobic activity. The rest was light physical activity. Doubles, tennis, or doubles pickleball play people got 2,790 steps per hour. Only 50% were moderate, and the rest were light uh, activity. So, um, you know, the pickleball court, court is smaller, and there's less movement, um, and people tend to hit the ball to each other because they like the volley, uh, and so there's less. They looked at heart rate with pickleball, and only 40% of people got their heart rate to a moderate level, 30% uh, light, and there were 30% vigorous if they played um, a su substantial amount of time, enough that they could actually get their heart rate eventually up to where they need it. So if you've ever done anything, when you start out and you looked at your heart rate, your heart rate is usually low, and it goes up as you exercise, and the more you're fatigued, the, more, the hotter you get, the higher your heart rate goes. So it takes a while to get your heart rate up to a peak. You just don't start out and get to a vigorous, you know, to a 75% mixed, uh, predicted maximal heart rate. Um, so 70% of the time, people would get um, exercise that would be working towards that 150 minutes per week uh, that's suggested for cardiovascular um, health. So if you played four and a half hours a week of pickleball, you would get your physical activity guidelines, bare minimum for cardiovascular. So, um, again, it is, um, you know, people don't do as much as they think they can or they think that they do. Um, it's, it's quite ironic. Um, people report eating much less than they do, and they report exercising much greater than they do. I wonder, I wonder why that is, the perception. Um, I guess it's a perception of um, effort, perhaps. Anyway, um, so that was, that was that study. And, you know, like, again, my practice is geared towards wellness, and we're still struggling. Uh, I've had a couple patients over the last week come from an oncology visit uh, where they were given options for therapies and nutrition was never even addressed, let alone exercise. And it's huge when it comes to cancer and oncology. Normalizing body mass index and exercising is huge when it comes to cancer prevention. And probably cancer is one of the biggest diseases where people feel like they are, um, it happened to them. Um, don't know why, not in control, happened to me. Things have has to be done for me because I have no control. So the doctor says I have to go through this therapy, this therapy, this therapy in order to improve my chances of survival. But no one is given, this is what you can do to increase your chances of survival and decrease your risk of recurrence and actually live a healthier life all around. And I've talked about this many times in the podcast that who cares if you're cured from your cancer, if you die from cardiovascular disease, um, who, you know, um, so it, you know, we're not individual diseases. We're humans. We can get everything, um, 
you know, my mother has a terrible family history of cardiovascular disease and she got lymphoma. Who would have guessed it? Um, if you had to predict, you know, people say, I have the, I have a terrible genetic history of cancer and therefore I'm going to do all these things focused on cancer as far as, uh, screening, but they don't do anything for cardiovascular disease health, or maybe don't do anything for anything. They just assume their genes are bad and is, is what it is. Um, but diet and exercise is truly important. Uh, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle disease free, um, stay out of the doctor's office life. A few months ago, I had Travis Macy on my podcast, and he had written a book with his father on their journey with Alzheimer's. And one of the things that were high, was highlighted in the book was uh, he and his dad uh, did the Echo Challenge Fiji together on a team with two other people uh, with his dad struggling with Alzheimer's. And the you can see the show, I believe it's on, it's either Netflix or YouTube. I believe it's YouTube that you can watch the season of Fiji. And I believe it's 2017, 2018. Uh, but during that show, um, they also highlighted other athletes. And, the, and there were four-person teams, and I believe at least one of the people had to be a woman. But there was one Spanish team um, that was also highlighted, and the woman on the team's name was Emma Roca, and she's great. she was a great friend of Travis Macy and his family. They'd done echo challenges together. Uh, he even paced her to win a Leadville 100-mile uh, marathon in the past, and so they, they've been great friends. And he recently did a podcast tributing uh, Emma Roca and replaying an interview that he had had with her because Emma passed away from vulvar carcinoma. And during that podcast, uh, it was, uh, so the podcast was recorded, I believe, in 2018, 2017, and I'll I'll put a link to that podcast uh, in the show notes. Um, They talked about, you know, the different um, endurance races that they had done together or by themselves and and what it meant for her as far as having a diagnosis of cancer. And basically, you know, uh, most people say when they get to, you know, do an Ironman or an ultra run, I get to do this. I get to go out and spend a day in the woods or a day doing a marathon or an Ironman. I'm choosing this. It's, you know, people say suffering, but I'm choosing to press my body to limits and suffer a little, but you know, it's only a day. It's only 30 hours. It's, it's, and it's, and I choose to do it. It's not something that I have to endure that came upon me. And by doing these endurance events, you, you learn to troubleshoot. And they talked about this. You learn to troubleshoot, you learn to endure, you learn to accept that things happen that weren't planned despite your best efforts and how to deal with them and not fall apart. Um, and just, you know, roll over and somebody has to take care of me or pull me, you know, um, do things for me that, uh, I have no choice over. So it's learning that you can be in control and you have, you can choose your mental outlook on things. You can choose how you, you, uh, wish to troubleshoot and how you wish to face things. And so anyway, Emma developed vulvar carcinoma, which is extremely rare, uh, and uh, ended up having, uh, you know, major surgery and radiation and chemotherapy. And um, it appears that her, her um, course was about, you know, maybe two years before she passed away at age 46. 
Um, and, you know, they talked again, choose to do hard things. And so when bad things happen, you have the tools to handle them. And I, I think that was a very important message and a reason why we should push ourselves to things that maybe aren't just as comfortable. Um, you know, people get all wigged out if they can't have, you know, pasta, rice and bread for a week or they have to, you know, limit uh, not having something in order to maybe lose some weight or normalize their body mass index or people moan about plant-based nutrition because I can't have this or can't have that. And the reality of it is you can have anything you want. You're choosing not to. It's not forced upon you, but you're trying to make yourself healthier. Same way with exercise. You're choosing to exercise and sweat a little bit, put yourself into, uh, you know, push yourself a little farther than you think you can uh, in order to realize that, hey, you can do more than you think you can and, and you can tough it out and troubleshoot. But this vulvar cancer, you know, again, if you were going to say something happened to me that I really didn't choose, it's probably, you know, somewhat one of those. I'm sure that there uh, may be some genetic role in things. Um, but one of the biggest things that we can do is not only what we eat as far as our environmental exposures, nothing happens in a vacuum. So perhaps there was um, some environmental exposure that Emma had or a nutritional exposure that she had, you know, along with a genetic predisposition that she had, who knows. Um, but know for sure that things don't happen in a vacuum. They don't just happen to you. There's something that perhaps you could learn from or something from her or something that you could avoid. And one of the things is uh, that we don't ever talk about is things that we wear. Um, you know, and again, in endurance running and exercise and yoga, people wear stretch pants and sports bras. And in this era of trying to be environmentally friendly, a lot of plastics are recycled to make these products and it has been recently determined that a, a fair amount of um, shorts, athletic shorts, athletic leggings, sports bras actually contain the, horm the um, bis bisphenol BPA or bisphenol A, which is an endocrine disrupting synthetic chem chemical that was de um, designed in 1957. We know it as being, uh, you know, having water, water bottles containing it, uh, baby food containers containing it, water pipes, food cans. If it's not organic, cans are um, lined with this in the United States unless the can says otherwise. Um, even IV bags, people get at the hospital. Some um, plastic equipment used in the hospital are uh, BPA lined. Dental, dental sealants, just say no, uh, BPA, baby's toys, you have to be careful with, kitchen, uh, kitchen, uh, uh, not so much appliances, but, uh, you know, kitchen wear, uh, whether it's plastic wear or serving things, thermal receipt paper, epoxy resins, fast food containers and packages. So these BPAs bind to estrogen receptor and, and modulate genes, and, and they can um, turn off certain things that help the body get rid of cancers. You know, our body's always looking around, trying to stamp out abnormal cells. Um, these things can actually trigger um, the body's, uh, you know, things to go, the genetic disruptors so that we can't uh, correct things. Different cells grow more, so it's growth modulators. Um, turning on genes that cause cancer, and it's been found to be in these leggings. And uh, so for starters, 
one of the study sports bras, and I'll, I'll put a bit of a link uh, in the show notes again, but Athleta, you know, a brand that people um, know and love, Pink, Asics, North Face, Brooks, All in Motion, Nike, and Fila have all had sports bras associated with high levels of BPA. Uh, again, you sweat, uh, you wear these things, they break down. So, um, and it's not easy to find. Uh, I, I, I had to search uh, for the list. It tends to be in things that have a combination that are polyester-based that also have spandex in them. Um, if you look and you see they're made from recycled materials, beware, because again, plastic bottles uh, most likely um, you know, are going to come have BPA in them. Leggings and shorts, Patagonia tights, Kohl's, Tech Gear, Capri height, um, high-rise tights, Athleta Salutation stash pocket tights, Adidas Daily Run tights, Nike One Tight Fit full length, Champion Base Layer Double Dry, uh, um, uh, Stinky Betty, I can't remember, um, Champion Nike Dry Fit tight. And Fabletics Athletic Shorts. So it's um, pretty scary when it when it comes to things that you wear. And again, uh, if you're an endurance athlete and you're wearing these things for a prolonged periods of time, women typically don't wear underwear out of some under these tights. Uh, your jog bra is closely fitting. Staying in it for a long time um, can can really uh, play havoc. So I would encourage you to try to do your homework and look to see what things uh, have it and um, replace them as you know as you can uh, and certainly not you know um, you know sit in things for a, a long period of time if possible the other thing that we have to worry about sometimes uh, are, are even you know contaminants uh, in things uh, in things that are, are supplements uh, I get an uh, email asking me about niacin, and uh, would I talk a little bit about um, if niacin is good, bad. Um, niacin is a B vitamin. It's a water-soluble vitamin. Water-soluble vitamins are decreased uh, absorption if people are heavy alcohol drinkers, so that can cause a vitamin B deficiency. Um, the RDA for niacin is 16 milligrams uh, for men and 14 milligrams for women. At one point, niacin was thought to lower triglycerides. In, I'm sorry, was thought to lower LDL but raise HDL. And uh, numerous studies, including Cochrane reports, have shown that despite some increases in HDL, there's been no decrease in cardiovascular. Um, uh, events with supplementation of niacin. And actually, excessive amounts of niacin uh, can not only cause hot flashes, but can cause liver damage, uh, can cause um, uh, glucose um, um, intolerance, glucose intolerance, early onset diabetes, and headaches, and all kinds of other things. So Overdosing on it is a real thing, um, you know, that you shouldn't really do. The sustained release ones can be worse from a, a liver standpoint, cause hepatitis. So certainly if you have liver disease, you should stay away from it. But um, the reality of it is uh, it's in food. So you get plenty in food and it's really easy to get on a plant-based diet. 
um, you know, breads, fortified flours are usually fortified with B vitamins, nuts, seed, legumes, bananas are, are some of the biggest sources. Um, corn, uh, corn tortillas. So if you get do corn masa, buy corn masa, cook corn in, especially because of, uh, when you do corn masa, it is a cooked corn that's dehydrated, cooked with a calcium hydroxide. And uh, so corn tortillas, not tostados, because we don't want those, but plain corn, to, corn, corn tortillas made out of masa, uh, high levels of uh, niacin. But uh, good old chia seeds and hemp seeds, 8.8 milligrams of um, niacin in just 100 grams of chia seeds, hemp seeds, sweet potatoes, a cup gets you 2.4, white potatoes gets you 5.6 milligrams, avocados gets you 3 milligrams, peas are a big source, um, there's some great... Um, dehydrated pea protein crumbles out there now that are just pea from peas uh, and they're actually very good we had some last night in a cabbage dish uh, they give a little meaty texture a little burger type texture to to foods again a good source of niacin so you can get adequate amounts of niacin eating a healthy diet very easily you don't have to worry about taking a supplement don't have to worry about overdoing it and that's the problem with supplements is that, you know, when you have a concentrated form, it's not regulated. You don't know exactly how much you're going to get. You might be getting a lot. You might not be getting any at all. Um, but you don't want to get toxic. And, and a lot of the supplements I really don't like when people do multivitamin supplements um, that are in high doses because you don't know what you're getting. And chances are you're getting a lot of something and not very much of something else. And it's not the combination that you want. So... Um, I would encourage people to probably, if they're going to take, you know, if you're taking vitamin C, take vitamin C. If you're going to take uh, vitamin D, take vitamin D. The, if you start putting things together, uh, it's hard to tell what you're, you're going to get. The other thing out there, um, as far as toxicities, there's a, you know, a supplement called cesium chloride uh, that people have taken as an anti-cancer type supplement. Um, it's supposed to alkalinize your blood and decrease your risk of cancer. Uh, there have been several uh, companies that have had warnings to them because of increased heart cardiac toxicity and arrhythmias. Um, American Nutraceuticals, uh, Complete Water Minerals, Daily Manufacture, Elemental, Essence of Life, Mineral Stone um, are a few that have had uh, recalls because of um, cardiac toxicity. So again, um, most most um, nutrients we can get with our food very, very easily. Um, and you got to be really careful when you take excessive amounts that you know what you're doing. Uh, you're under somebody's care. Um, we all like to treat ourselves and fix ourselves. It's kind of funny. We all like to treat ourselves and fix ourselves with something you can swallow that doesn't require much effort. Um, and you can still do what you want otherwise when it comes to nutrition and exercise. Um, but again, no pain, no gain. Um, no effort, um, you know, not near as much uh, in the way of improvement. So uh, back to it, normalize your body mass index, exercise moderate, moderate to vigorously, vigorously, do strength training twice a week, and eat a well-balanced, well-colored, colorful diet, rich in fruits and vegetables uh, and some grains on the side, and you'll do quite well. And don't forget, don't uh, be afraid to push yourself a little bit. 
And I would encourage everybody to look and see what they're actually doing. Uh, there was another study looking at smartwatches and decreased incidence of heart failure because they remind people to uh, be accurate about what they do. When you really look at what you do, you realize uh, maybe you're just not doing that much. So I love Garmin devices. I like the Garmin Connect app. I can see exactly what I'm doing every day. I, it shows my heart rate. Uh, it shows my cadence. Um, you know, it shows my distance, my steps, and I can get an accurate look at what I'm actually doing as opposed to I think I'm doing pretty good. So uh, we can all improve. Uh, I'm back on the strength training um, mode myself to try to improve that and dedicate more time to strength training, uh, especially getting ready for some of these longer races. But I would encourage you to look at uh, your weaknesses and step it up. And if you're in my practice, you know that I'm going to be stepping it up and bugging people to step it up more since I did this little query. And um, if you'd like to be part of our practice, go on over to drdelaney.com. You don't have to live in Port Charlotte. You can live anywhere. We do uh, over the phone and Zoom. Uh, you have access to our website with all our recipes and our wellness challenges um, and private Facebook group. It's D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y.com. Um, email me at jamie, J-A-M-I, at drdelaney.com to, uh, to find out more. Um, the prices are, you know, for what you get, my phone number, my email, we talk to you, we do plans. I mean, uh, you, you can't beat it. You can't go to the grocery store for what you paid uh, for us for complete medical care for a month. Um, and yet we don't take insurance um, because um, insurance doesn't cover wellness. They cover testing and they cover disease. And that's not what we're about. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.